Hey everybody, welcome to Singles from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live show here on Twitch. Check us out, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Frontline Gaming underscore TV. If you can't join us for the live show, thanks for joining us via YouTube or iTunes or Pandora or all the other cool ways to download the show. However you do, thanks for joining us. Please make sure to like, subscribe, all that stuff. You guys know the drill. It helps us to reach more people's... My name is Reese. That's right. With me, not just my mustache, who's the real co-host of this show. Is it? I think that's the real host of the show, is the mustache. <laughs> I'm just here. I just, I'm, yeah. I'm here for the ride. Uh, with me as always, or not always, but usually, Francois. It's true. I'm from France. <laughs> that's what they call you, Francois. Yeah. Is that how that works? I think so. So my name should be America Man. America Man? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take I it. I guess. I guess I'll take yeah. that. I'll take that. Got to come in on like a lifted truck with truck nuts. This shoots fireworks out the back. <laughs> that would be pretty uh, awesome, actually. As always, this show is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week. Got a daily blog, all kinds of cool stuff. Make sure to drop on by and check it out. And of course, we are a part of the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. What? What? Are we just a part of it? Or are we the Frontline Gaming Network? We are the Patafamilius of the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. That's right. Mm, bonafide. The Nucleus. Bonafide. The Nucleus. All right, let's jump in and start talking about what's what in the Games Workshop hobby for this week. Quite a bit to talk about. First of all, this week's pre-order, a little confusion, and we'll talk about that. Right. Um, GW throwing us Classic curveballs. Classic GW. Throwing us curveballs. Uh, this week's pre-order, which of course you can get uh, from us in a web court, store.frontlinegaming.org, is some new kind of like more affordable starter sets that have less stuff in them and a new book, uh, as well as some other fun like paint sets and all that kind of good stuff. Check it out. You can get it at a discount and free shipping options within the continental United States. However, fun times. So we sold quite a few of these new starter sets. And then uh, yesterday, GW told us, oh, hey, yeah, we're not giving them to you this week. Yeah, it was like we this like, weird like what? <laughs> yeah, this week's like a weird bundle thing, but they told all their stores that they were getting these, so I don't know. GW yeah. messed up again. I mean, they're, for, we don't mean to, to be too down on them. They normally are, are really awesome to work with, but every now and then they hit us with these curveballs, and it's a little frustrating. But uh, they're like, "Yeah, I remember you agreed to this," and we're like, "Nope, we sure didn't." And we went back and checked all our emails, and there is literally nothing about this. However, not the end of the world. Some of these orders are not, we're not actually going to be able to ship them until next week. And we just found that out uh, yesterday. So fun times, but yeah. eh, it is what it is. So uh, keep, if you ordered one of these, please keep your eye on your email and we'll let you know what's going on. But it looks like they're not going to be actually shipping until next week. Dun, dun, dun. But you'll still get them. It is what it is. Don't yeah, you'll, you'll get them just, it'll be a little, a little bit later than we all expected. Um, eh, whatever. So, big news, Games Workshop released some new FAQs for 40K, uh, and then they just updated them today. So, let's go ahead and dive in. Is it in. big news, though? There's only really, like, two relevant FAQs. Well, you're underselling it, man. That's the whole topic of this show. Is the, okay, four FAQs that they did? All right. Oh, uh, well, let's do it. First of all, there's more than four, buddy. There's oh, yeah? Seven. Do you play with the Minotaurum uh, book of... Field manualness. That's what has the points in it. Yes, of course you play with it. No, nobody uses that. <laughs> no, you use the Grand Tournament Mission Pack, Reese. Yeah, I use that too. No, you don't. Okay, those are important. 
But the most important is the a power saga of the beast yes. power rating update. Yes, it is. That's the biggest news we got. Uh, you can go okay. ahead and whip that bad boy out. We'll yeah. go ahead and talk about those power rating increases slash decreases. Those are so exciting that we know all of you already memorized it. We're not even going to waste your time yeah. going over old material. Power rating, boom. For the win. Boom, already uploaded into the memory banks. So let's jump into Saga of the Beast. Oh, you want to do Saga of the Beast first? Let's do it. It's some exciting stuff. Well, it actually is a big deal. It's a big change. Yeah? Click on it. The entire Space Wolves army no longer being OBSEC is a really big deal. A lot of the people were saying they thought OBSEC? a lot of people were saying they thought it was the best army in the game with that obvious oversight. That was pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, the basically their troops are keeping OBSEC, just like everybody, everybody else. else. And then everybody else is losing. <laughs> Woo! So and then they, they made was... the they made that special claw only one attack. It hits on twos. Ooh, yay. Oh, the pincha? Yeah, the pincha. When I the grabby pincha. When I read it, I thought it was da pinche. I was like, Ooh. what? I was like, Games Workshop. Oh, wait, da pincha. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I was like, oh, I misread that one. <laughs> uh, uh, any other good things we should be aware of in that one, Sir, Fran Sir Francis? Not really. I think they changed the stat line or something, but yeah. nothing big. Uh, well, big one, <clears throat> Space Wolves, your whole army's no longer OPSEC. Sorry, boys. Uh, woo! And girls. Says Wolf Priest Carl in the chat. He's he welcomes the increased challenge. <laughs> All right, what about in the Warhammer 40k core rulebook? Any important ones we should be aware of there? Yeah, so they uh, clarified the dense rules, or uh, dense uh, terrain, sorry, yeah. uh, rules, because uh, they were a little confusing. They were like, oh, you can always see flyers and titans through it. And you're like, what? What? Even if it's a solid wall? You're yeah. like, yeah. No, but no, actually really the FAQ says, no, it's true line of sight even for flyers and titans. Which is the way I yes. read it right away, but... Yeah. Yeah. It, it was worded pretty much like you wouldn't be able to see them. Because or you, that you would always be able to see them. If least. you looked at the general line of sight rule, I don't know, It was I didn't think it was that confusing, but I'm glad they clarified it. So. Well, you're just smarter than everybody else. Here's, Thank you for finally, you after get. 10 years of working together, finally admitting it. That's right. It's a big moment for us. I know. It's the mustache. <laughs> it gave you that extra IQ you were looking for. Did it? Yeah. I, no, or it, it might have taken some away. I'll know. take it. Um, and then the other one was uh, Lookout, sir, for characters. Uh, now any uh, vehicle or monster block for characters as long as they don't have the character keyword. And characters do not block for other characters. But if they are, if they do have the character keyword and they have 10 or more wounds, they do block. Exactly. So it's, it's super clear. Not confusing <laughs> at all. In certain scenarios, things will block your characters. In other scenarios, they will not. And the big confusion, right? the big thing that was causing uh, angst and, and right. wailing and gnashing of teeth for, for completely legitimate reasons yeah. is that some armies like Harlequins, which you, you play, yeah. uh, and like some orc list and stuff like that, it was really rough for them because that meant they had almost nothing in their army that could block line of sight. When you're running around with a bunch of five-man units and stuff, it's really easy to, to chew through two and then be able to kill the characters. So uh, I think this is a good clarification. I wish they would have... They wouldn't have had to do two steps back, but whatever. It's better than not getting it at all. Um, so this is going to make it... Your characters are a little bit more safe, but it's still way easier to get to them than it was in 8th. Yep. I mean, you can still shoot at characters if they're the closest visible model. Um, but other than that, yeah, you can now block with uh, only characters that have 10 or more wounds um, that are vehicles and or monsters. 
vehicles and monsters that are not characters always block for your characters and then of course the units of three or more block for your characters yeah so good to know uh it's gonna uh, like like we've been saying in ninth edition if you make a real go for it it's pretty easy to get to to kind of burrow a line of sight to a character if it hasn't been really well protected so make sure to keep these rules in mind because it's a big change from eighth yep. in eighth you just kind of assumed your characters are never going to get targeted unless they had snipers or something now in ninth it is pretty easy actually to to um if you put a concerted effort into it to to build a pathway to attacking characters and you have less of them because you're usually playing with just a battalion so yeah uh, you really want to be careful with model placement uh and then in chat uh i know a d-r-o-n i know a dunk well let me just throw uh, my former obsec wolfen in the trash ah, there you go I, I mean if you really thought that that wasn't an oversight that for some reason space wolves got a whole army of obsec for no reason compared to any other army in the game especially in comparison to other space marine armies ah you were pinning your hopes on uh on a long shot that that i didn't i don't think anybody really thought that was gonna stick yeah so, and i think the wolfen are still really good because they can take the objectives away from your opponent and take control of them so and they hit really I think hard they're still really good they, they, they hit really hard uh, another big change was moving through models this one was really funny with anybody that had the keyword uh from uh, rules as written you weren't actually able to like move over people because you're technically moving into engagement range uh they clarified it in any kind of move um you are able to get into engagement range you just cannot end in engagement range um so if you are moving over guys or through guys or whatever um you're able to do that you just can't end in the uh engagement range unless you're charging and you so. can't end on top of other models which is really weird Except you can do it, kind of. No, you can't even do it with flyers. You can move no. over their base. But, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that was pretty obvious also, but thank you for clarifying. A lot of people uh, read things ultra-literally, which, what else can you really do um, with rules as written? But we always play those rules as intended, because uh, I think in most cases it's pretty obvious. But yeah, it's good that they clarify. Uh, and then what about uh, ignoring wounds? This one was a little confusing. So this one was weird. So it's a rare rule. Um, it refers to units such as Gazgul that can only take a certain amount of wounds in a certain phase, but then there are some scenarios where uh, something will always do wounds to something else. Um, in those rare scenarios, you can exceed the amount of wounds that you did the, to those special characters. So if so. you have something that does flat three damage? No, that still wouldn't do it. But there, there's, I don't know the exact scenario, but... There's a way to do extra wounds to these characters. So in chat, throw out an example of where this would come up. Because I I, uh, I didn't spend a lot of time digging into this. But at first I was a little confused by this myself. So if anyone in chat wants to throw out an example of what you think this would come up, uh, we'd really appreciate that. Because then we can communicate to everybody else listening exactly what this meant. Because it kind of confused me, honestly. I And again, I didn't have a chance to really sit down and do research to, to educate myself. Um, but... Hopefully we can uh, help enlighten everyone else yeah, as well. I'm not entirely sure what they're referring to, but I'm sure chat will tell yeah, us. So. I'm sure there's there's a specific scenario where this came up, but um, uh, all good. Yeah, those were the big ones. Um, moving Lou, through guys and then the terrain change, I think, were the biggest. The other really big one that Lou pointed out was um, Lou Rollins in the chat, is that you can't multiple smite from a single model anymore. That 
that, I think that was so obvious that that was not meant to be the case. But again, it was unclear. Thank you for clarifying that. Because a lot of people were like, oh yeah, Magnus is throwing out multiple super smites. You're like, oh boy, that's fair and balanced. Can't wait for that. Yeah, I don't think most people were actually using it that way, but that is a nice little change. Yeah. Um, they also updated uh, Thousand Suns and Grey Knights to where they have normal smite. So you are getting the minus or the plus one to the casting value every time. Yeah. Yeah. That you cast it. So no more infinite smites from those Grey Knights or pesky Thousand Suns. Yep. But they do touch on that once they get their books, they will be getting tons of new rules and all these special things that will enhance their psychic powers. Yeah, indeed. So just sit at the edge of your seat until those codexes come out. So, okay, we're going to go ahead and move on. No one in chat actually could think of an example of that other one either. Boom! So we will wait and see if something pops up and we'll address it. But uh, now you know. Be sure to tune in to the Flying Monkey Con stream, Woo. which we linked in the show notes. That is a major, hopefully a major, coming up this weekend. If not, it'll be a GT for sure. Uh, and now before anybody um, uh, is alarmed, they are following all the health, health and safety guidelines. People are going to be wearing masks, distancing, all that stuff. So they're, they're, uh, they're having fun, getting points in a safe way, and they're following the guidelines for their state. And, you know, and I double-checked that just to make sure, so it is good to go. But that aside, all the, the not fun part aside, the fun part is that this is going to be one of the first, hopefully majors, they've sold like 60 tickets. If everybody shows up, it'll be a major. Nice. Um, but if not, hey, it, it, given the circumstances, I'd be stoked with a GT, baby. Yeah. They're, it's going to be fully covered, and they've got some really exciting stuff. Jason Horn from the Iron Halo GT, a good friend of ours, uh, is involved with it. And they're going to have uh, robotic cameras, telestrators. That's what, like, John Madden style drawing on the screen. So uh, that, that's going to be really exciting. They have some celebrity judges, like the one and only Salty John. Ooh. Adam Solis, those are some of the guys from TFG Radio. They're going to be on there, uh, guest commentating some of the games. So the coverage should be exciting. And I know a lot of us are dying for some tournaments to talk about. Everybody wants to see Ninth Edition in action. Yeah. I would say that we're thirsty for some ninth edition action. That's I how the kids agree. say it, right? I would agree. Uh, <laughs> but on their logo, their logo is terrifying. Yeah. That is a really scary looking logo. Well, they're from Kansas, and it's like the uh, Wizard of Oz. It's the one no, flying I, monkeys I got it. from Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Kind of. It just doesn't have a body. It's a screaming monkey it's head. It's really angry. Yeah. I don't know. It's a flying monkey from the Wicked Witch. Yeah, of I think West. it is a servo skull. I think you're right, Mariana. Oh, it's there we go. It's a mashup. It is. It's a flying servo skull monkey head. Yep, with the wings. Boom. Marinara meatball, drawing, connecting the dots. Pepe Silvia would got, have nothing on her. Couldn't hide for one minute. That's right. But yeah, turn in. That's this weekend coming up, the 14th to the 16th of August. And hopefully we could get some cool, uh, cool coverage and a lot of really good data about 9th edition so that we can all kind of start sinking our teeth into what is actually working, what's not working, and it's not just pundits filling the air with their opinions. That's right. And speaking of which, Ooh. check out Stats Center on the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. Val and the Falcon are back talking nice. about digging into the stats in 9th edition and how they're going to approach uh, gathering data and giving you all those crunchy statistics. That's right. That sounds exciting. Talking about future data that they'll be discussing on future podcasts. 
I like it. Don't be so sarcastic. Get in there. You dick. Get in there. But obviously, they don't have as much to work with as normal, so they're talking about how they're going to try and approach that going forward. Reese, in the future, I will be excited. But right now, less than excited. You are, you're like a hot girlfriend. Thanks. You're, you're Thanks, good man. On, good on the eyes, Appreciate but it. lack any substance. <laughs> <laughs> and difficult to please. Ooh, in my face. Keep me on my toes. That's right. All right, in chat... Uh, Akimoto Okoto asks Risa Frankie, what do you think about two wound veteran space marines on three wound Terminator? So sounds he, pretty good. He's referring to uh, some information that's come out about it's not verified yet about um, uh, what appear to be rules that come in new box sets, and it looks like mini marines might be getting an extra wound, or some of them might be getting an extra wound. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We don't speculate here at Frontline Gaming. That's right. Because we actually know what's happening. Akimoto, what do you think about uh, three wound Harlequins? Ooh, heard it here first. Boom. Uh, but if that were to come to pass, which we don't, uh, we couldn't say yes or no, but if it were to come to pass, that would be a big, big change. A lot of those old standby units would get a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It, it would be, it would really change the way the game is played. And exciting times it would make Space Marines better. I know. <laughs> I know you all just what they needed. You were all were like, man, the Space Marines are the best, but they, it, it should be like Lance Armstrong yeah. winning his seventh Tour de France, not just his second. Yes. Basically, that's how I felt every time I got to the table and I was playing against Space Marines. I was like, oh man, you never see these guys on the table. I'm really happy that you brought them out, and you know they could use just a little bit more. Yeah, just a little bit more. I agree. It, it's like. Are you sick and tired of getting your face kicked in by Primaris Marines? Well, now you can get your face kicked <laughs> in by Marines. Marines. <laughs> oh, that'd be, it was cra- like, that'd it, be crazy if that's true. It would be like it's like the Oakland A's uh, and the San Francisco Giants in the in the eighties, in the nineties, <laughs> where they when, just won. Everything. When they were just eating Balco burgers, <laughs> and they all of a sudden, thirty-five-year-old men put on forty pounds of muscle. <laughs> they got lean and mean, Reese. <laughs> Lean and mean. They're like, I don't know. I just get the shot from the doc, the, the, the team doctor, and all of a sudden yeah. I got huge. Who was it that was like? Uh, Mark McGuire and no, all no, no, those guys. No. Recently, somebody was like, oh, well, you're, you tested positive for steroids. And he's like, oh, well, I would black, oh, I would black out yeah, every time I went was, in. Um, it was from the, the Giants. Or I'm sorry, the uh, the Yankees. It was uh, the shortstop. The God, Derek Jeter? Not Jeter. No. I can't remember his name. But yeah, he was just like, I just go to the doctor and all yeah. of a sudden. He's I, like, I, I black out oh. and, then I get, <laughs> and then I leave. I feel like that's the weakest excuse. I don't know. That's pretty oh, good. It was A-Rod. I like it. it was yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. That's so funny. For those of you who are in other countries, we're talking about American baseball. It's like cricket, but slightly less boring. It doesn't take a week to play one game. So I'd call that a, bu- a bonus. Yeah. Plus, they don't take tea breaks. They don't take tea breaks. Which Is that good or bad? Uh, Good. You know they should spice up baseball because the uh, attendance has been declining. Make it three innings, full contact. And you can take the bat with you. Yes. Yes. Now we're talking. (laughs) Uh, At any rate, we have a flash sale going on for the FLG crate mat. And that's available for a limited time, 23% off. If If you have had your eye on this cool mat, now is the time to grab it. At a discount with free shipping options within the United States uh, if your order is $99 or more. Well, Check it out. Also, if you are, we've been getting a lot of emails about people looking for 44 by 60 inch mats. Well, we sold all of them way faster than we expected, but we will be restocked on that size uh, in the next two weeks, I think. 
right? Uh, towards the end of the month, yeah. Yeah, towards the end of the month. So uh, if you were looking for one of those, uh, please just hang tight. We will have them back in the near future. Uh, I know a dunk says baseball is really popular in a lot of other countries. Yeah, it actually is. Yeah. Like Japan, face, Korea, it's really popular. And when I was in Central America, like every kid, there was like you either played soccer or football or you played baseball and then or boxing. That was literally it. Those or were the boxing. only sports <laughs> that they paid any attention to. Yeah. And they're actually really good at, um, at all three. Yep. But yeah, it basically anywhere where there's an American military base, baseball is a, a popular yeah. sport. Well, Bring almost with anywhere. Us. I'm sure there's not a lot of German baseball players, but I could be wrong. Maybe there are. Maybe there are. All right. GW previewed some of the new Warhammer Underworlds items on the way, as yeah. well as some of the new Blood Bowl goodies, and they look great. I'm a huge fan of the Warhammer Underworlds or Shadespire. Um, as, as we erroneously call it. Shadespire was like one part of the game. It's actually called Warhammer Underworlds. Um, we have some new Orc, uh, a new Orc Warband and a new uh, Daughters of Cain Warband. And the Daughters of Cain obviously are, are what used to be called Witch Elves. I love these kids. I actually don't play Warhammer Underworlds. Um, I've, I, I, did, I got to play with Phil Kelly at uh, Gen Con, which is really cool to catch up with him. He's a great guy. And it, it is a fun game. I know you played it way more than I have. But I love, I buy, I have almost every single Warband because I love the models. They're mostly all snap fit, super easy to put together. They're colored plastic. They're really, really high quality. And I collect them for use in uh, D&D because I find that the number of models is perfect for D&D, right? Like with the Orc, the new Orc one, it's called like Call Gore's Ball Smackers or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> Nut Smashers. Uh, having three big, like, brutish, orky guys is, like, the perfect amount for any encounter. Um, they're all, they all have, like, different weapons. I, for me, it's great for that. And then, obviously, if you actually play Warhammer Underworlds, it's it's perfect. But, um, yeah, I've, been, I've literally got almost every single kit or all, every single set just for D&D because it's, like, now I have such a wide variety of uh, different, like, uh, hero and monster models. It's great. Yeah, no, definitely. The the models that they've been releasing for Shadespire are just they're incredible. Um that and Warcry. Warcry models are amazing. So Dude, the war yeah. like don't even get me started, man. The Warcry oh, models. Oh, I got you started. I revved you up. Get <laughs> you em. really get my motor going. Get even after nine years the magic is still there, Frankie. <laughs> I know how to pull that cord, Reese. Uh but the war the Warcry models, oh my goodness so freaking good i have almost all of those as well no i do actually i have all yeah. i have every single warband they're and amazing I, I exactly for the exact same reason i just like I, I just like having a lot of fantasy miniatures i enjoy painting them um they're so good and the next one's coming out i'm so hyped for the flame dudes like the one guy has got like plate armor and a flaming sword i was like yep that's <laughs> definitely gonna be one of uh, a D villain or something like that yeah. And then the, the the Dark Elf one coming out also, it, 10 out of 10. Yeah, like for sure. So sick. I can't wait to get my hands on them. Um, and COVID slowed it down. I thought they were already supposed to be out by now. So I'm really, I've been like, so, come yeah. on, give it to me. They definitely slowed down their release schedule. So at any rate, uh, check these out. These are going to be coming up for pre-order pretty soon. The Witch Elves, super sick. And as I said, it's like you have such a cool variety. Yeah. There's only two that have the same equipment. And then you got one with a whip, one with a spear, uh, like a naga with the bow. Like that, that, like if you're doing like an underdark campaign for D&D, this would give you almost everything you needed yep. to, to play some dark elves. 
Um, and then, of, of course, you could also just play in the Warhammer Underworlds. <laughs> uh, then we got some Blood Bowl teams. We have some uh, Black Orcs. Super, yeah. super cool. Just the, the again, I, I don't play Blood Bowl. I'm not putting it down or, or anything. I just, I, I just haven't played it. Um, but it looks really fun, and the models are brilliant. Yeah, the models are incredible. They're snap fit too, aren't they? Uh, I'm actually not sure. Uh, I think they are. Probably. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instantinkspotify. And then, of course, uh, there's the Black Orc team, and then there's the Snotling team, which almost makes me want to... Like, the Snotlings are amazing. If I was ever going to play, I would play the Snotling team because it's just so silly yeah. and ridiculous. You know, they're riding all kinds of wagons and funny stuff. Uh, brilliant models. Really like them. Yeah. GW also previewed some new Necromunda terrain, and I'm sure it's going to be really popular because it's absolutely baller. You could use it, for obviously, for Necromunda, but it would be really good in 40K, and it'd be really good for any of the multitude of post-apocalyptic miniatures games that are out there i feel like there's a new post-apocalyptic miniatures game comes out every couple months oh yeah like easily. there's so many and i get it it's it, you can fit so much stuff in it yeah um uh, it covers a lot of ground and it's really good for a skirmish game but the terrain's gorgeous the terrain is amazing it really, it's really is cool. and it's it's modular yep they show two different ways to assemble it um you can have all kinds of fun with it it looks amazing so I'm sure that's going to be very popular. We'll have to make a couple tables of it ourselves okay. for our events. Although we have a couple mats like Junkyard. Um, there's several mats that it would look brilliant on um, with this terrain. Yep. And speaking of Necromunda, the long-anticipated Necromunda Underhive Wars video game is almost here. The trailers look absolutely fantastic. It's supposed to be available for download on September 8th. For me, it looks like XCOM with a Necromunda skin on it. I'm sure it's not that, but I'm a huge XCOM fan. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Turn-based tactical RPGs are my jam. Uh, one of my favorite genres of games. And that's exactly what this is. You, the game comes with uh, the Goliath Gang, the Escher Gang, and the Orlocks. And then they said that uh, they're going to release more as they go with extra content. The, the trailer looks so sick. Yeah, the trailer looks amazing. So I will definitely be picking this game up. I know a lot of the staff here are looking forward to it too. And I'm sure you guys can see us on Steam. I'm Recius. And hit me up if you want to play a game when it comes well, out. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carve some time out to build cool. my game. Um, which game would you play? Uh, I'd probably play Escher. Yeah, I like the Orlocks. Yeah. Um, the, the new models that came out with all the goggles and yeah. the cool beards and everything like you're on a beard kick i am thanks quarantine <laughs> it's the longest my hair has ever been in my life and same with my mustache nice Just give everybody a side profile oh yeah <laughs> serious, look at it. you know what I, at my age i'm just glad i still have hair it's true i that's why i'm growing it out this might be the last time i get to do this <laughs> Uh, when you I'm cut it, I think they can make a wig out of it for you. Ooh, there I can you go, sell just it in case. <laughs> sell it. Yeah. Anybody out there who's got cancer that wants these luxurious locks? Yeah. Hit you up. 
sell it to one of our followers. That's we'll disgusting. just put it into a box, like a random box. <laughs> Make a voodoo doll out of it. Like, die. This is for all the Tau players out there. <laughs> You're like, no. <"Duh." laughs> uh, yeah, in the chat, Mr. Goring, growing. Uh, Vansar is not in it yet, but I'm sure if the game is popular, they'll come out with all the games. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and speaking of turn-based tactical RPGs, I wanted to throw this out here. Pretty much, like, almost the entire staff at Funland Gaming has been playing Divinity Original Sin 2 in multiplayer mode. And it's an amazing RPG on its own, uh, on its own right. And I, I, I came to it because I'm rabidly, anxiously awaiting Baldur's Gate 3. The same team that made that made this. There's a lot of uh, similarities from what I understand between the two games. Divinity Original Sin 2, amazing RPG on its own. It's super duper fun to play multiplayer. So we've been playing yeah. it. Um, unfortunately, you can only play with four players at a time. But... Um, it's a blast. It's a blast. And it's turn-based tackle RPG, tons of combos and cool stuff. So Yeah, it's really cool. If you're looking for something to do and you're still kind of like semi in quarantine or fully in quarantine, give it a shot. It's a, a brilliant game. All right. So we recently purchased another uh, laser cutter. Laser. Uh, lately, we've been having trouble meeting demand, much like Games Workshop. So we can't, we can't wag our finger at them too much because we've been having some of the same issues. So we bought another laser to help uh, keep up with demand. So anybody out there that has been waiting a little bit longer than you might like to get your MDF um, terrain order from us, well, we just doubled our production capacity. So Yay. huzzah. So we should be caught up hopefully next week. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, we'll be able to fulfill the orders much quicker. So yeah. thank you to everybody for uh, supporting us by buying the, the terrain. Thank you for your patience. If you have been waiting longer than you wanted to, Shouldn't be a problem any longer. All right, so we wanted to announce the winners of our last big contest. Uh, this one was a lot of fun. The grand prize was a $1,500 GW shopping spree, in addition to an Army Painter Mega Paint Set, a Rightful Ruler subscription, and War Room access. That was Kevin Yasutomi. Congratulations to you. Ooh. Our first runner-up was a Catachan Colonel. Army Painter Mega Paint Set, right for Ruler subscription and War Room Access. That's Jack French. Second runner up was uh, uh, one solo model painted by the FLG Paint Studio of their choice. An Army Painter Mega Paint Set, right for Ruler Access, War Room Access. That's Brett Ford. And then our next winners all got an Army Painter Mega Paint Set, right for Ruler Access, War Room Access from Art of War. And that is David Umana. Someone whose name is like Prince. It's apparently yeah. just one name, Carl <laughs> Amazing. Or share? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, this is an intriguing individual. I'd like to learn more about you. It's amazing. Are you an artist of some sort? Is this your LARPing name? But cool either way. Uh, Gareth Davies, Michael Coates, and Emma Ling Svensson. Congratulations Ooh. to everybody. Thank you to everybody that participated. And we will have another cool competition coming up soon. Super easy to participate. All you got to do, enter your email address and then do some fun stuff like check out some of the sponsors, uh, follow them on social media, all that kind of stuff. And you too could win a $1,500 Games Workshop shopping spree of any products of your choice that we can actually get from Games Workshop. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Production so, problem. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, in, in chat, a lot of people are talking about Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, I, I absolutely cannot wait for that game. Uh, Baldur's Gate series was probably probably my favorite video games of all time, really. Um, came out when I was in high school and college. 
and I can't wait. To, that was what, um, 30 see. years ago? Yeah, it was, you know, at the dawn of the computer age, right after uh, Oregon Trail. Ooh, man, had to be can't, a really good game. Can't wait. I know I've been following the development blog of Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, it looks so, so cool. The beta is supposed to come out this month. Oh, no, I got pushed back already. So, eh. We'll see. All right. If you like the ITC, you like what it's about, consider supporting it financially through the Patreon. You can do so for as little as $1 a month. 100% of the money goes back into the ITC. Most of it goes towards painting for uh, server fees, things like that, buying trophies, all that good stuff. And it helps us to continue to grow and move along. Let's take a look at some of the rankings. Now, obviously, the season has been really slow. Not a lot going on due to uh, uh, COVID, but... There are some events that are participating in a safe way. So the, the scores are starting to come back up. So we want to take a look at it. Current top three 40K competitive ITC track. Vic VJ, who was lucky enough to get a ton of events in before the Rona hit. Crushed. Still riding on that. Still riding on that success. Congratulations to him. Followed by Ken Knox in second and Mark Gator. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. Gator needs his cat. Such a good name. I'm probably going to say that joke every Every week. time. Yeah. yeah. Is in third place. Hobby Track, top three. John Smith in first. Colton Hatch in second. Rich Kilton, what? the one and only Warboss, in third. And your Age of Sigmar ITC competitive track, top three. Matt Beasley in first. Michael Vaginos in second. And Hannah East Thumb. East, East Ham. Ham. East, is it East Ham or East Ham? East Ham. East Ham, yeah, probably. We can ask Zach. In third. Congratulations to all of you. And finally, we wanted to touch on something we talked about last week. We were talking about the difference between going first, going second, uh, the advantages and disadvantages of both. And we had thrown out a couple ideas, and uh, especially in YouTube, we had a couple commenters that were um, – questioning it not like questioning it like oh you're an idiot but like what do you mm. mean by this <laughs> i'm not going to deny that i'm an idiot <laughs> it's more likely in america frankie you can rise to the top even if you're an idiot it's true i'm living proof of that you're at the top. This is the top you <laughs> this is the top oh, this gosh. is the top of a small pile <laughs> man um but we wanted to clarify some of what we had meant but also wanted to direct you there's a really really good uh, article that was put out by our friends at the Art of War. This is from Old Man Brad, aka the Chester. Uh, he's a you know longtime veteran. He's got many accolades to his name. He's an excellent player. Turns out, Brad, if you're listening, he's also a really good writer. He's very funny. I never would have guessed that. I thought Brad just you know went to the gym and won games of 40k. And that's it. <laughs> and drank a lot of wine. But yeah. uh, check it out. The article is linked in the show notes. You can go to the Art of War and check it out as well. And uh, he talks about a lot of the concepts that we were trying to uh, touch on and uh, basically kind of wanted to hit it again because obviously we didn't do a good enough job explaining it the first time around. And the, the basic concept is that let go of the way you played in eighth. Ninth is a different game. And in ninth, because of the way that the, the primary mission works, you now can go all in MSU and it's not a bad idea. I think this is gonna be the MSU edition of the game uh, because killing stuff isn't as much, uh, isn't as big of a deal. You have, like holding objectives is much more important than it was, right? So having lots of units that you can sacrifice to throw on two objectives to take it away from your opponent. So like if you're going second or first, um, but mostly if you're going second, 
let's say you're playing an army, your opponent has a bunch of units, jumps on four objectives, let's just say. Yeah. Now, going second, you get to see what they did. You get five points for holding an objective, uh, 10 points for holding two, 15 points for holding more than your opponent. So let's say that's a, five, uh, uh, a six, ob- six objective mission, which many of them are. Your opponent jumps on four. You have two, you have a, a number of sacrificial units that you keep in your back pocket to outscore your opponent. So you're like, okay, uh, I can throw two of them out there to deny my opponent two objectives. Now I'm going to pull three. So now I, I'm going to get 15 points. So I'm only going to get 10. If you throw out three of these sacrificial units to take away your opponent's ability to score, now they're going to go down to one and you're going to get 15. They're going to get five. You're going to get 15. Now, if you can throw four out there and completely deny them, you're going to get 15. They're going to get zero. If you can do that, you know, intelligently throughout the game to just strategically do exactly what you need to do to deny them the ability to keep up with you on the primary, you're going to have a huge advantage. That's why a lot of the playtesters think going second is often the better choice. Not always, right? Some armies always want to go first because it's, you know, Alpha Strike shooting army. You have line of sight to your opponent, whatever. It's going to vary. But that's what we were talking about. And then on turn five, the player that's going uh, first can, can do that to the player going second. So a lot of people, a lot of pundits out there have been saying first is better, first is better. Well, Hopefully we're, we're providing some information that makes you look at it in a different way. Or if you find yourself going second in a game, you don't freak out and think you auto lost. It's just not the case. Yeah, I've actually gone second in every game that I've played. So, well, and Why don't you share some of your experiences? Because Frankie's been playing Harlequins, which in eighth were not bad, but they weren't great. Because now in ninth, uh, because of the differences, which you can uh, touch on, it's a different experience. Yeah, so Harlequins before they struggled with uh, uh, hordes. Uh, just because you'd be able to charge in, you have a lot of attacks, but in most cases you wouldn't kill the whole horde. They'd attack back, you only have five models, and they would just get wiped out. Um, so the ninth, uh, since it's switching more to like MSU slash elite armies, um, I'm able to actually compete against those like space marines and stuff. With all my fusion blasters and good close combat, I'm able to actually uh, kill more of them than they are of me. And uh, I'm able to take those objectives, um, a lot of times I'll go down in the score in the first couple turns, but I'm able to bring it back because you can score so many points in a turn. Um, so yeah, so never count yourself out. You're always able to score like max points towards the end of the game as long as you have enough units to grab the objectives and do what you need to do. Um, but it is really important to keep your eye on the prize, make sure to look at the scoreboards, see how many points you can get in a turn. Is it worthwhile to jump off an objective to kill a unit, or is it better to stay on that objective and get max points? So. Uh, it's just it all comes down to scoring and like we've said forever just always play to the mission so and really i 100 percent agree with everything you said and in this because of the, the how big of point swings you can get we've, we've talked about this in the past in ninth edition it's really important to not give up because you it might look like you're getting your teeth kicked in but you can win the game with just a handful of models because it's all about board control right there, there's some secondaries that are about killing stuff but it's really been reduced a ton in how important it is in the missions. So don't give up. Don't lose heart. You can come back. You just got to stay focused, right? And if you're playing smart from turn one and you're intelligently sacrificing units to deny scoring and, you know, you're keeping units in reserve so you can do that strategically throughout the game, uh, you're going to control the game and win the game um, if you can keep, you know, play smart, right? So... 
The other part of that also is uh, picking good secondaries. Uh, in the article that I'm referring to, uh, Brad talks about taking secondaries that you can do while you're doing the primary because uh, it makes it easier to accomplish. Or just picking really good, you know, kill stuff secondaries based on what your opponent has. If they have a ton of vehicles, take uh, the new big game hunter, you know, et cetera, et cetera, or, or monsters. Yeah. Just always be thinking about how you can score points, right? Losing models matters, killing stuff matters, but it's not as big of a deal. So if you feel like, oh, if you're feeling like you're getting overwhelmed, like the wave is cresting on you because you're losing a lot of stuff, it doesn't mean you're out of the game, right? Like a, a little trick that, because um, I'm trying to play guard, I might go back to my nids, I don't know, I haven't fully made my mind up. Um, it's just keeping units of, of infantry hidden in a chimera and don't do anything with them until it's time to counter your opponent, move, move, move onto an objective to deny them the ability to score it. And just strategically doing that. And then, of course, if you can touch units um, and, and deny them the ability to shoot, that's a big deal. Without Overwatch, it's really easy to do. So yeah. you, just, you send, like, you know, in that example I was using, you send a guard unit, move, 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 and then just go, uh, well, you can't do it with that, but move and then charge and touch as many units as possible just to stop them from shooting for a turn or to force them to shoot at that unit. It's huge, right? So don't ever feel like you're out of it. Try to keep your, your uh, mind focused on the points, on the objectives. And uh, I think that it'll make this transition into ninth easier for, for everybody. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Yeah. And then uh, we've had some fun too. Another fun list we talked about last week is the Serpent Spam. It's been really good. It's really durable. It's really fast. It's really good at taking objectives. That's a good one. My guard, eh. I've been playing mech guard with uh, tank commanders, and it's pretty good, but I've been having trouble stopping people from bad touching me. That's the thing that's really been screwing me up, is they just run up, touch my um, tank commanders, and I can't shoot them anymore because you can't shoot blast in the combat. Nope. Those heavy bolters aren't enough to get everybody off you, so Not quite. I'm trying to solve that riddle, um, looking at maybe playing my scions or just going back to, to bugs because I was looking at it, and I was like, I can take 18... Uh, zoanthropes, two neurothropes, it's a thousand points, and then just take a ton of tough little scoring units and uh, you know, some shooting units like Hive Guard and Biobores and stuff like that. I was like, that army will cream most, like a lot of the Space Marine armies that you see right now, where it's three by three eradicators and three by three bikers and three by five uh, intercessors. I'm like, the Zoanthropes would kill all of that stuff with yeah. like almost no problem whatsoever. Yeah, the Zoanthropes are still super good. Yeah, they're Psychic so powers good. are still very strong. It's like, oh, you have double shooting Meltas? That's quaint. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my three-up invul save. Um, so, yeah, I was looking at that. It's a little cheesy because it's so much spam. And, like, smite spam's not really fun. But it's good, and it's a low model count army. It would play really quick. Plus, it's Nids. Yeah. Nids are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And then you can take, like, you know, uh, uh, Ripper Swarms are really good for throwing around the board to get objectives. Warriors, I think, are really good in this edition. Um, and they're really good last edition, too, when you took a full unit and buffed them. But um, so, anyway, those are some things that we're thinking about. Hopefully, us sharing our experiences is uh, helping some of you who are adjusting to ninth edition. So, let's go ahead and jump into the chat, answer some questions, and then we can wrap it up for this week. Uh, Stiffneck Studio says you can win with way fewer models left at the end of the game. I beat Death Guard with my Custodes and only had a Kalexis left at the end of the game. Yeah, so many people are saying that. You can win with almost no models. Yep. Because you're just getting more points. Yeah, especially towards the end of the game when there's not very much left on the board. You can start holding more objectives, getting in the table quarter, stuff like that. So. Yeah. 
Uh, Noah says, heavy flamers on everything, Reese. Yeah, I've been taking double heavy flamer chimeras with troops inside, and I hide my characters in it. It works really well. They're really good for taking objectives and have the guys jump out and run onto something. Yeah. Uh, Valerie says, Servant Span was not winning in the 8th and... Oh, in 8th. Um, yeah, you know, it's a different game, though. Um, I think Serpent Spam is going to be better this edition because they're they're fast, they're durable, they're good at taking objectives, and they can carry good units inside. So in our test games, for what that's worth to you, they've been that list has been winning almost every game. Um, you beat it with your Harlequins, though. Yeah, but I have a ton of fusion, so I'm kind of an outlier. But um, yeah, they're super resilient. And then also on the turn where they do all the mortal wounds, just it's usually very devastating to your opponent. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so many mortal wounds. Uh, let me see. Valerie says, Nanavati tried Zonthropes and Siegbiel. I don't know what that. Uh, uh, Siegler beat him on Oh, uh, Just smash him on points. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's a good point, Valerie. So that when, when I was writing my list, I started out with 18 Zonthropes, 2 Neurothropes, which is ridiculous. So much damage output. Especially, like Space Marines especially hate Mortal Wounds. It just destroys them. Because they, they usually have these little MSU units that a lot of times Zonthros can kill the whole unit in one shot. Um, so that, and then like you were saying, the, the points part, that's the th that's the part of the riddle that you have to solve. How do you do that? I was thinking MSU Tyranid Warriors. They have enough wounds to be difficult to kill. They hit hard enough to be dangerous. They're, they're fearless. Um, I was thinking that might be an option. They're not super fast. That's the only downside. So yeah, we're we'll, we'll messing around with it. Uh, Nevermind Jamba says, I was on your site and couldn't find, yep, the 44 by 60s. Uh, as we said earlier in the show, we are currently sold out uh, of them. They sold a lot quicker than we expected, but they should be back at the end of, uh, of this month. Yep. Valerie says, Blade Guard are the real deal. Yes, they are. Uh, they're very good. Homer Sims Yolo thinks bugs are weak in ninth. Well, of the little bit of tournament data that we have so far, there was an event where Nids got second place. Space Marines first, Nids second. Yeah. So they're, I, I'm not going to try and argue that they're the top of the, the, the pile, but I, I think that you can make them work. Uh, Kingfisher Games says he's new to the game and is asking if a Tech Marine can repair a vehicle if he's inside of it. Uh, no, you cannot. Yeah, got to jump out. Yeah, got to get out of that vehicle. Um, Tomodachi Express says Chimeras with Pyromaniacs and the reroll on the number of shots is sweet. Yeah, that's a, what he's referring to is Katachan. Uh, they have an order, their custom order is reroll the number of shots on flamers. I like to take a unit of veterans with three flamers, a heavy flamer, jump out and just nuke something. So it's, it's really good. It also makes, everybody forgets this, it also means anybody else that shoots at that unit, they no longer have cover. Yep. Uh, Katachan units. Kill Team Stream is asking when we're going to get the 44 by 30 mats. Uh, those will be at the exact same time, so towards the end of the month. Also this month, we will be releasing our... Uh, templates that you can lay on top of a 6x4 to change them into a 6x3 or a 44x60. Yep, so we thank you got, thank you everybody for supporting us and buying the mats. We bought them so fast we didn't have enough. But yep. uh, that should never be a problem going forward. We're increasing the size of our orders of raw materials. We make all the mats here, but we do have to order the neoprene yep. uh, from another company. Uh, Lou Rollins, that's a good thing to point out. The Tawanar, which was uh, pretty dramatically undercosted, has gotten a points bump up to 10,000, I'm sorry, 1,040 1, points. Uh, it's still good. Not going to be as crazy as it was. No. Uh, that thing is just bananas, man. Yeah, we'll see. 
All right, last question here. Red 3 standing by. The Pyromaniacs thing is a custom doctrine for reroll once to ruin all flamers. Thank you for correcting me. In your that, face. Ruth. That's from the Choose Your Own Adventure um, uh, guard. So that the custom doctrines. Yep. But uh, now you know. Catachans uh, have an order that lets you reroll the number of. And as G.I. Joe says, knowing is half the battle. Yeah. So pretty good all around. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 397 of Signals from the Frontline. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to jump in, check out the rest of the podcast on the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. Thanks, for everybody, for making us the fourth most popular gaming podcast in North America, according to iTunes. Ooh. Pretty exciting stuff. And if you want to get a crate mat at 23% off, you have a couple days left to do so. Jump in and grab it. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you all next week.